Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. About our thoughts. And the title of my message is A Thought for Your Thoughts. I've got a thought for your thoughts. And we're going to talk about thoughts, and you're like, well, that's pretty uh, lame. But I would say this to you. It's not lame. In fact, most of the battles and the wars that you fight in your life are fought between your ears. There was a study done in 2005 by the National Science Foundation. It sounds very scientific, doesn't it? If you put the word science in it, automatically, like, this, these people are serious. We should listen to them because they have science in their title. But in 2005, the National Scientific Foundation did a study, and they found that the average person— Get ready for this. The average person has between 12 and 60,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thinking, isn't it? Now, obviously, some of those are like subconscious thoughts where your body just goes through the emotions. But a lot of those are actual thoughts that pop into your head. I imagine the, the 60,000 mark people, those are people that have ADHD and their brain is just firing all the time. And the people that have 12,000, they're more like me. I just have a thought, and I just follow that thought through. I will hang on to that thought. I don't want to let go of that thought. I don't want a new thought. I just want to think about that thought all day long. And when somebody brings me a new thought, it really frustrates me. I'm like, just leave me and my thought number 200 alone because I just love this thought. So some have 12,000, some have 60,000. And here's the thing. Of those thoughts, you ready for this? Of those thoughts, they've determined that 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. And of those thoughts, they're 95% repetitive, which means they keep coming over and over and over and over. So in that 12 to 60,000 thoughts a day, 80% of those are negative, and 95% of those are the same thought going through your brain over and over and over and over and over and over. And here's what happens. The more you think about something, you begin to magnify it. You begin to worship it. You begin to think, this must be true because I can't stop thinking about it. So we have to learn how to reject thoughts that come into our lives and into our minds that aren't accurate or true. Can I just say this to you today right off the bat? You are under no obligation. You didn't sign a contract somewhere. When you were born, you didn't come out of the womb and the doctor was like, now hang on, before you go see your mom and dad, I've got this contract that says you will think every thought that comes into your mind. Now please sign it because it's part of your right as a human being. You're under no obligation. The thoughts that come into your mind, you don't have to think them. It's not the responsible, well, here's a thought I should think. It, it came to me, so it must, it must be important. I must have to think about this thought. No, you don't. Can we disagree on that in a minute? Some, some thoughts, like, you're like, well, yes, I know I shouldn't think about murdering somebody because that's not, that's not good. And I probably shouldn't think about rob, like, I probably shouldn't think about robbing a bank. I might want to think about robbing a bank, but I probably shouldn't think about it. Yes, you shouldn't think about robbing banks. You need to check yourself if you're pondering bank robberies. But you're under no obligation. You, you don't. You don't have some duty to fulfill when some thought comes to you. You're like, I've got to think about this thought. It's my, it's my obligation. It's my duty. 
I must fulfill this as a human being. I must think through this thought. You don't have to. And in fact, I want to tell you today that a lot of the thoughts that come to you are not from the Lord. They're not good. They're not righteous. And you should flat off the bat when they show up, tell them to take a hike. You have that authority. You have that right. You have that power inside of you to say, I will not think about this thought. I remember when I was like 15 or 16, I don't know what happened, man. Life was great. Life was awesome. And then I had some kind of existential crisis at the ripe age of 15 and 16 years old. And I just had this thought pop into my head and it would not leave me alone. And it just kept coming into my head. And it was just a word, and I could see it. I could see the word in my brain. And I would close my eyes, and I would see it. I would wake up, and I would see it. I would go to work and pump gas. No, when I was 15, I was still making frozen yogurt at Good For You in the Chilliwack and Cottonwood Mall. <laughs> I was the only dude that worked at Good For You. And it was a good, it was a good move. <laughs> But I'd be making frozen yogurt, and that thought would be my brain. I remember uh, I was floating. We were on family holidays, and I, I, we made it all the way down to Seattle. I don't know what we were doing. We made it to Seattle from Chilliwack. Well, I was floating in a pool, looking up at the roof of the, the pool area, and um, I had just had it. I, this thought was tormenting me. And I finally, I broke down. I went and talked to my dad. I'm like, I don't know what's happening to me. I can't, this thought is attacking me. It's, it's like nonstop. It's nonstop. And I began to talk to my dad about thoughts, and I began to talk to my dad about how we don't have to think these thoughts that come into our mind. And in fact, according to the Word of God, we have authority to take over these thoughts that don't line up to the Word of God. And that's what we're going to look at today, because your thought life is crucial to where you go in life. What you think about what you allow yourself to think about forms who you are. It forms your belief. It forms your opinions. And it moves you in the direction of what you think about. You realize that, right? What you think about, you ultimately move in that direction. So if you think about, like, I don't like my spouse. I think I want a new spouse. And you begin to think about that over and over and over again. What do you think begins to happen? you slowly begin to find other ways to find other spouses or somebody else to meet your needs. And you slowly, before you know it, before you recognize it, you'll find yourself in the midst of a relationship you shouldn't be in. And where did it start at? In your thoughts. This works literally in every area of your life. What you think about what you allow in there, what you meditate on, is how the Bible likes to call it, what you meditate on, what you ponder, what you think about, forms who you are, forms what you believe, and you move in that direction. And it's not, it's not like a big change overnight. It's like a big change over a long period of time where you've allowed yourself to get farther and farther and farther off course because you didn't check your thoughts. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says this. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Passion translation says, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. What you think about 
forms who you become. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, talks about this. It says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and your soul and your body be kept in peace. Now, this is very basic, but I hope everybody here knows that you are made up of three different parts. You are a spirit. That's the eternal part of you that lives forever. You have a soul. And your soul is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions. You could call it your personality. And those two things combined live in a body that helps you navigate through this earthly world we live in. And one day when your time comes, you go home to heaven. You leave your earthly body behind. Some people bury it. Some people throw it away. Some people burn it. I don't know what you do. I don't know what your plans are. But you get rid of this thing somehow, and it's your spirit that lives forever. Galatians 5, like verse 27, talks about how your spirit and your soul are always fighting against each other. You have to, because the spirit is the eternal part of you. The spirit is the part that God created, that God made, that God is desiring to have a relationship with, that God is desiring that you are able to live and walk righteously in him. That's your eternal part. God is working on that. That's the part that God is after so that when you die, you go to heaven. And so it knows the truth. It's your soul. It's your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions that are formed by all these things around here that you see. The TV shows you watch, the friends you hang out with, the thoughts that you allow in your mind. And the Bible says those two are always fighting against each other. As you think in your heart, as you think within yourself, it's who you become. So you have to guard your thoughts. And when I say guard your thoughts, I'm talking about vigilantly. Little, spot, little foxes spoil the vines, right? It's the little thoughts you allow in that slowly over time make the greatest change. Well, it's okay if I do this. It's not that bad of a lie. It's not that bad of a sin. Don't you love how we as believers categorize sins? What's well, a small sin? It's a small sin. You know what I love is that with the Lord, there is no small sin or big sin because sin is sin and sin just causes separation. From God. So he's like, well, sorry, you robbed a bank. You killed a person. You lied. You're done. Oh, you just told a little lie because you didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm okay with that. There is no, there's no scale of sinosity. Is that a word? We just made it a word. It is now. There's no scale of sin with the Lord. You've got to vigilantly guard your thoughts so that your thoughts line up with the thoughts of the Lord, so that your thoughts line up with what the Word of God says, which, by the way, is why it's so important that you read your Bible. Crazy thoughts. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm having way more fun than you are this morning. <laughs> As you think in your hearts, it's who you become. 
you got to guard your thoughts. So I was thinking about this, and we're going to go to a couple of scriptures in a second, but here's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about this, and, and there are, basically there's four different areas where thoughts come from. Okay, there's four. There is thoughts that come from your environment, the music you listen to, the movies you watch, the place you go to work. You're bombarded by entertainment. You're watching something on the screen. You see something. You hear something. And what does it do? It causes your brain to begin to think thoughts. Correct? I'm not making this up, am I? You understand what I'm talking about? You have thoughts that come to you from other people. Your friends, your family. You have conversations with other people. They begin to talk to you. And you begin, while they're talking, you begin to think about other things. Like, what is this person saying right now? Does this person just call me dumb? You know what I'm talking about? You've had those conversations where you're talking to somebody, you're not really listening because you begin to think about what's happening. This person is saying something to me right now, and you have thoughts that come from other people. And here's what happens. Is you have those thoughts, you, you begin to have a conversation, me and Jeff are talking, Jeff starts saying something to me, and suddenly something that Jeff says, I'm like, hmm, wait a minute, and then I begin to think on that thought, and I begin to dwell on that thought, and that thought gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You have thoughts that come from the enemy. You have thoughts, now listen, everybody loves to, bl- to blame the devil. Everything is the devil. It's the devil's fault, the devil's fault, the devil did this. Well, yeah, sometimes the things are from the devil. Sometimes the enemy does set traps for you. Sometimes you just blindly walk into things yourself. Sometimes you put yourself in situations you shouldn't be in, and you are causing a mess yourself. And sometimes it is the enemy that brings thoughts to you. And then you also have thoughts that come to you from the Lord. And these are the thoughts that you want to embrace. These are the thoughts you want to align yourself with. These are the thoughts that you want to say to yourself, yes, I need to think more like this. I need to think about this more. I need to embrace this and allow it in my heart because inside my heart, this is who I want to be formed to become like. I'm just, this kid is cheering me on. (laughs) He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what he's saying. I can interpret what he's saying. You're all staring at me. He's like, just go, go, Jake. You keep preaching. So we have thoughts that come from our environments. We have thoughts that come from other people. We have thoughts that come from the enemy. And we have thoughts that come from the Lord. And now as these thoughts come from us, come to us, we have choices about what to do with these thoughts. Nick, what am I going to do with these thoughts? As these thoughts come to me and they come to my head, do I have to allow these thoughts into my heart? Do I have to allow them inside of my brain? Do I have to make these thoughts part of me? And the answer is no, not always. You get to choose which thoughts you allow in there. And based on where the thoughts are coming from is where you choose whether I allow this thought deep inside of me. Because, as I keep saying, what you allow inside of you forms who you become. So ask yourself this. Do I want to become like this thought? I can, Because we're all really smart people in this room, aren't we? Like, people that aren't here today, they're probably like, "Uh, okay. But you guys are all really smart. That's our secret. Don't tell anybody else. We're smart. And if your spouse isn't here, like Kelly's not here today, man. Kelly's really smart too by proxy of you. 
Yeah, she knows. She already knows. She already knows. Um, so you, you're smart enough to realize here comes a thought. If you want, you can stop and think about the train of the thought on your own. Like, where will this thought take me? Do I want to become the kind of person that this thought leads to? Do I want to? It's just a little bit of weed. It's just, it's one shot. It's one shot. Okay, so it's two shots. It's three shots. It's seven shots, okay? That doesn't make me an alcoholic. I'm drinking a bottle a day, but it's just casual. That doesn't, and you go down this progression, and you say to yourself, do I want to become the kind of person that this thought is leading me to? Most often, yes, the question is no. <laughs> Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So the question is, what do you do with these thoughts? When these thoughts come to you, what do you do with them? You're like, Jake, you're talking about these thoughts. You tell me that I don't have to accept them. You're telling me that I don't have to allow them in. But what do I do with them? And so here's the answer. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And before we even go there, by the way, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says what? Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's the great thing. You know, that word mind, this, the New Testament, history lesson for some of you if you don't know, the New Testament is written in Greek. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And so in this verse, when it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that word in Greek is N-O-U-S, nous. And what it's talking about is the seat of your emotions, your intellect, your heart. And when Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, as a man thinks within himself, in his heart, so is he, it's the same thing. So when it says here, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it's talking about who you are deep down inside. Be transformed in that area. And how do you get transformed in that area? How do you get transformed in your mind, in your thoughts, in your will, in your emotions? How do I transform my emotions? Hmm. Darlene's just pointing at her Bible. She's like, yes, right here. By finding yourself in this book, by reading and meditating on it, by talking to other believers, and by beginning to learn to exercise self-discipline and self-control. Those are fun words, aren't they? Discipline. Discipline. It's a three-syllable word that is so fun to say, but has a lot of hard work behind it, doesn't it? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by your mind, your heart, your will, and your emotions, the part that makes up who you are, your personality. Transform that by lining it up to the Word of God, by rejecting thoughts that don't line up to the Word of God. By saying, actually... This thought is contrary to the Bible. I choose not to embrace it. I choose to reject this thought. I choose not to think about it. You can do that? Heck yes. And you should do it. Okay, so back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
Paul's talking, and he's wrapping up his second letter here to the Corinthians, and uh, they're saying some things to him. He's, he's answering a question, and as best as we can tell, they're basically saying, they, they must have said to Paul, they must have said to Paul, basically, you know, you talk a really big game when you're not with us, uh, but, like, but when, you're, when you're here and you're in person, you're very timid and you're very shy, but when you go home and you write us letters, you really yell at us, is what they're, they must have said to him, because that's what he's answering back here to them. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, um, and we're going to start in verse 3. Do we have 3, Jaden? Yeah, verse 3, it says, uh, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, okay, uh, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And hang on a second. This next line right here. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So when you have thoughts that come to you that don't line up with the word of God, I'm sorry, I'm getting excited. I'm starting to yell. Somebody told me one time that I yell a lot when I preach, and I do, but I just get so excited, and I don't know how to control my voice. I don't know. Anyways, it says, when these thoughts come to you, when these thoughts come to you, you have to capture these rebellious thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. To me, in my mind, it's a picture of a cowboy out on the range, and he's chasing down a rogue cat, cow. I almost said a rogue cat. That would be weird. <laughs> I was going to say cattle, but I stopped short because I was like, a rogue cattle. Anyways, he's chasing down a rogue cow, and he's chasing it down. He's got to lasso it, and he's got to bring that cow back to the rest of the herd because that cow got out where it wasn't supposed to be. He's like, this is not supposed to be over here. And in fact, it's supposed to be over this way. So I'm going to grab you and I'm going to bring you back to where you're supposed to be. I'm going to bring you from over here to over here where you belong, where it's safe and where it's right. That's what you're supposed to do with your thoughts. You're going to have thoughts come at you all the time that aren't righteous, that aren't holy, that don't line up to the Word of God, that don't teach you things, that don't try and get you to walk in things that you shouldn't be walking in, and you're going to have to take those thoughts and say, actually, I'm going to take this thought, and I'm going to submit it to the Word of God, and I'm going to transform it from what was to what is. I'm going to transform this thought from what the world wants me to think, what the world wants me to believe, into what the Word of God says. I was, reading, I was reading about a missionary uh, who, who went over to New Guinea back in the early 1900s, and there was a tribe there, and before the missionary went in and got to go minister to them um, and tell them about Jesus, they had obviously their own rituals and their own things they did, and they had what was called the murder song. Doesn't that sound awesome? Hey, guys, you want to go see the murder song together? It's a great little chorus. We'll gather around a fire. And so they would start a fire, and then they'd, they'd be dancing around, and they'd, they'd be uh, uh, cheering and hooting and hollering and doing all the tribal things that you imagine people to do. I don't know. And then they would begin to sing this murder song. And what they did was, at the height of this song, when everybody was all worked up, they began to shout out the names of people in the tribe they wanted to murder 
That's a great song, isn't it? Imagine dancing around the fire with all your friends, the whole tribe's gathered around there. You think everything's great, everybody's hunky-dory, and your buddy just starts shouting out your name? Like, what? I thought we cool, man. I thought we cool. And they would shout out. They would shout out the names of people that they wanted to murder in the murder song. But here's the thing. So this missionary went in, and he began to teach them about Jesus. The, the tribe gave their lives to the Lord. They were converted, and they, they moved forward in life. And then they kept the ritual, right? They kept the ritual of what they had. But here's what they did. When they came and they were singing the murder song, it wasn't about people they wanted to murder anymore. Now they were shouting out the names of sins that they wanted to get rid of and sins they wanted to let go of. And it's a picture of how we need to capture these thoughts and make them obedient to Christ and say, nah, this thought ain't right. I'm not going to cheat on my spouse. I'm not going to cheat on my taxes. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. I'm going to submit this to the word of God. I'm going to bring this rogue cow from over here all the way back over here and submit it to the message and the truth of the word of God and make it be what it's supposed to be. So we have to submit our thoughts. What does that look like practically? You have a thought that comes to you. Man, I want to go look at this. Man, I want to smoke this. Man, I want to go do this right now. I don't know. I don't know what thoughts come to you. Everybody, here's the thing. Everybody has their own thoughts and their own temptations they have to deal with. Their own inadequacies, their own feelings, their own depressions, their own angers, their own hatreds. All the different things that come to us in different ways. And you have to learn how when those thoughts come to you, when those thoughts aren't righteous, when those thoughts don't line up with the word of God, you have to learn how to take those thoughts and say, no, this isn't what the Bible says, and so I'm going to submit this thought to God. And you go up to the presence of God because we can do that now, and you say, God, I've got this thought. I don't know what to do with it, but I give it to you. I give you this thought. I don't want it. I don't want to think about these things. I release this in the name of Jesus. I leave this at your feet. Father, begin to to fill me with your thoughts. Begin to cause me to think about the things that you want me to think about. Begin to train my ears to see the things that you want me to see. Begin to help me to hear the way that you want me to hear. You're all looking at me like you already know this. You're like, yeah, I do this every day. We've got to submit our thoughts to Jesus. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I love that phrase. Bring every thought into obedience to the captivity of Christ. You've got to make your thoughts obey Jesus. You've got to make your thoughts obey Jesus. Do your thoughts obey Jesus right now? If Jesus walked in right now and sat down beside you and said, Hey, let's, uh, let's take a walk through the catalog of your thoughts. Let's go in the great room of your thought library. Let's peruse the shelf and see what's in there. Would those thoughts in there be subject in, in obedience to the thoughts that Jesus says? You should think about, are they all rogue thoughts running wherever they want, doing whatever they want to do, going wherever they want to go, hoping to take you wherever they want to take you? You've got to submit your thoughts to the obedience of Jesus. Submit them to Jesus. Next thing you got to do 
with your thoughts to come to you is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's go there real quick. It's two books over. It's not hard to find. Am I the only one turning in my Bible? Oh, my goodness. Who's got a Bible in this place today? Okay. Seven people have Bibles. Listen, I keep telling you this, and I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. You should buy Bibles whenever you can because there's a day coming. There's a day coming. Mark my words. This is, this is it's going digitally recorded, so it's out there forever. There is a day coming where they were going to decide that you can't have Bibles anymore, where you can't print Bibles anymore, and you're going to wish that you had a Bible. So make sure you've got a Bible, some Bibles. Collect Bibles so you can give them away to your friends when Bibles aren't able to be printed anymore. Anyways, Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 8. Philippians 4, 8. Paul again is speaking. And he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. And this is where we're ending today. This is the end of our message. This is the end of us looking in the scripture together. And Paul is saying one final thing. There's one more thing I want to tell you. You've got thoughts. You have thoughts that fill your head. You have thoughts that fill your heart. You have thoughts that bombard you every day from all different places. You have to choose what you're going to do with those thoughts. The thoughts that come in, you've got to capture them and make them obedient to Jesus Christ and say, this is not lining up to the word of God. I'm going to make this thought line up to what the Bible says. And then Paul says here in Philippians chapter 4, he's got one final thing to say. And this is what he says. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix. Everybody say fix. And that word fix means to fix, not fix something that's broken. It means like to fasten, to secure, to make it hold strong and to stay in place. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on these things, on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is his one final thing. He says, here's one more thing I want to tell you. Here's one more thing I want you to think about. Before you go home today, before you leave this place, I want to encourage you to begin to fix your thoughts on things that you find in the Word of God. Don't fix your thoughts on your cares and your worries and your fears and of the 60,000 thoughts you have a day and 80% of them are negative and 95% of them are repeating themselves. Don't fix your thoughts on those things. Don't allow those things to keep running through your heart and your mind. Begin to fix your thoughts on on what the word of God says. Find things that are righteous. Find things that are true. Find things that are worthy of praise and begin to think about them because here's what's happening. As you begin to fix your mind on these things that he lists here, it begins to push out the negative thoughts because you've only got so much room. And so as you begin to fill yourself up with things that are righteous and pure and holy and true, things that are worthy of praise, as you begin to think about those things, everything else gets pushed out. And you're left with thinking about things that the Lord wants you to think about. And I don't know about you, but I want to live a life where I can say that I think on things that are holy and true and righteous and pure, 
that I can become the person that God has called me to be, that I can go where God has called me to do, that I'm not stuck in my own thoughts. Because when you live in this other place and you are subject to the authority of thoughts and they're ruling over you and you have these repetitive thoughts running through your mind, you become their slave. Like I was floating in that pool until I had a breakdown. I said, I can't take this anymore. I was a slave to that thought. It ran my life. And if you allow these thoughts into your life that don't line up to the word of God, you are their slave. They're your master. You've got to submit to Jesus. You've got to say, Jesus, come into my life. Work and move inside of me and help me make these thoughts subject to you. Stand up with me. Yeah. Can we get the worship team just to come up to the front? And um, there's a part of that story that um, Pastor Jake didn't touch on, but I, I see it clearly just sitting here at the end. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. I was talking about this Friday night at the ladies' night. Who was there Friday night? It was such an awesome time together. Um, that I believe that God is calling things into the light this season. I really do, that God is calling his church into the light this season, but not to feel exposed or shamed or just vulnerable to be vulnerable. But here's the thing, God's calling his people into the light of love to bring healing this season. This was a message of healing for some of us that are struggling. Did you hear that? You know, some of us are really struggling with our thought life. But James 5, 16 says, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. See, part of the power of that story for Jake, and I, I, I know what he's talking about in that story. You know, we don't all need to know what was going on. He was young and dealing with stuff. But he went to his dad, to a safe place, and said, I am struggling with this. Will you help me? And some of you, we need to bring this before God, but some of it is so bad. Some of those pathways are so carved in your mind that I feel like the Spirit of God is saying to some of us, go talk to someone about it. Just get it out into the light so that it can be healed. I think some of us are so afraid of what will people think, what will people think, what will people think. Oh, I don't want them to know. I don't want them to know. But God is saying, Tell somebody. God is saying that to his church because I want to heal you. Did you know that that thoughts can get so into your brain and get stuck in your hippocampus here, okay? And that if we don't actually confess things out, we don't verbalize them out, it can't get to the side of our brain where it processes and where there's reasoning and space. Some of us need to confess to get it from here to here so that the blood of Jesus can just wash it and cleanse it and we're just done with it, you know, because some of you are just here today and your heart has just been beating, being like, I've been dealing with this, this is a word from the Lord, I don't want anyone to know. And I just sense the Spirit of God saying, it's okay. You, that God is going to show you someone safe, perhaps at your spouse, that you're going to just say, you know what, I've been struggling with this. I've been struggling with this. Will you pray with me? Will you help me? Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain. And God is calling his church into the light so that there is freedom in your life, so that we can be a church that's walking in freedom. Amen? Let's thank God for the word today. Come on, let's give thanks to Jesus. Here's, here's the thing real quick, just on, on what Jen was talking about. Here's the thing what the enemy tries to do. It's, it's all in your head. And so 
when, when you think about like, oh, I've got to talk about this. I've got to let somebody know, or I, I, need, I need help because I'm, I'm beyond myself and I can't get out of this on my own. The enemy instantly comes, and we can probably all attest to this, and says, hey, hey, you can't talk to anybody about that because you're the only person in the world that deals with this. And if you tell somebody, uh, you're going to be so guilty and so, such a terrible person. And the enemy brings guilt and shame. But in reality, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, all of us deal with things in different ways, right? We may not deal with exactly the same thing that you're dealing with or you're going through, but we all have things in our life that we need to work through and let go of. We all have thoughts that come to us that we shouldn't have. Can I get an amen? Like, am I right on that? Like, we all know there's thoughts that we have that we shouldn't have, Right? And so if there's things that we're dealing with, then, and you're like, you know, the Spirit of God is telling me today, I need to let somebody know. I need to talk about this because I'm beyond myself. Like, I got beyond myself, and I couldn't get out of it. And in fact, I I didn't talk about this, and Jen did it. But when I went and talked to my dad about it, he said, you know, Jake, there are some battles in your life that you just can't win on your own, that you need somebody else to come alongside with and be believing God and praying with you for and walking through it with you. And so the temptation is, is I can't talk to anybody. The enemy loves to keep you bound up in guilt and shame and tied up so that you stay in the cycle as opposed to breaking free. Yeah, come on. And what God is wanting to do is bring freedom and healing to his people. There is no shame. The Bible says there is no condemnation in Christ right and so when you begin to step out and obey what god calls you to do and listen don't worry i'm not going to make you go find somebody right now and be like hey go confess your deep dark sins i can see it in your face You're like oh god what's coming now he's going to make us do something i'm encouraging you to do what the spirit of god says and if there's things in your life that you're stuck and you can't get beyond and you're like i feel like i'm the only person first of all i want you to know you're not the only person that's right come on there's like, there, there is almost 8 billion people on this planet already. And you got to know that some of them, probably in this room, have the same struggles that you deal with. And so if you're like, the Spirit of God is moving in my heart, I need to talk to somebody, I encourage you to go talk to somebody. Be like, hey, I need help. I need somebody to walk through this with me. I just can't get rid of this thought. This thought keeps coming to me, keeps barking at my feet. Like, I just want to get rid of it. I'm so annoyed about it. And for me, like this thought, literally, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a temptation. It wasn't anything. It was, the, it was this word in my head that I kept seeing over and over and over again. It was a tormenting thought. God wants to bring freedom. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.